0: Mario Cristobal just spoke this morning about the Miami Hurricanes passing offense, saying, quote, we've got to get it right fast. You are locked on canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. I am Alex Dono. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked On Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we're free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. So it is a victory Monday, guys, and I'm proud of the Canes. I'm proud of Miami for staying in the fight, as Mario Cristobal said, in a game that looked pretty dire (laughs) throughout, all right? The way the defense rallied and made big stops. ruben Bain, Branson Dean, Cam Kitchens, James Williams, Kiko Maui. No, I could go on and on. The defense made so many plays. Andy Borigalis, the human kicking machine, and in overtime, Man, Miami got big plays from their offensive line and from Mark Fletcher. There's so much to be thankful for, and you can be thankful that this team hopefully learned some lessons in a victory, which could have been a loss, but Miami pulled it out. With that said, obviously, things aren't all perfect right now because Miami's passing offense, Tyler Van Dyke has been struggling, and when you look at the game still to come against a tough North Carolina State defense on the road this week, uh, against an unbeaten Florida State team that's had Miami's number over the past couple of years on the road. You still got tricky games against Louisville. And, you know, even uh, a road trip to Boston College is not going to be easy to wrap up the season. Miami still has so many important, difficult, tricky games in front of them. We've got to figure out how to get the passing game back to where it was in the first four games. How quickly we forget that as much as Van Dyke has struggled in his past three starts, This guy, the first four games of the season, was the top graded passer in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. How have we come so far? how much does this have to do with him playing hobbled? Uh, I don't know how much because the decision-making still has not been there. And I don't know what the finger pain or the leg pain has to do with, you know, throwing into coverage. Uh, but here's what Cristobal had to say this morning. I will be talking with Cristobal later this afternoon, but he was on the Joe Rose show on 560 WQAM in Miami this morning. And, you know, Joe, he asked him, What's been off with Tyler in his last three starts where he's thrown seven combined interceptions, two this past Saturday, uh, two against North Carolina, three against Georgia Tech. And Cristobal said, quote, I think every game is different. As it relates to this game, the Virginia game, he'd like to have some throws back. That's the bottom line. They played coverage more than we thought. I'm never going to throw one of our players under the bus. You know that. Whenever a player doesn't perform to the level that he wants to or to the expectation, we say we have to find a way to make every player better. Cristobal continued, we were off in the passing game. It's obvious. We all know that. The things we were off in are things that we're pretty good at or have been good at. We've got to get it right fast. And yes, early on in the season, everyone's praising Shannon Dawson pretty much everyone's praising Tyler Van Dyke the passing game was looking like a well-oiled machine and then everything has changed from the Georgia Tech game on this past Saturday Tyler Van Dyke who returned from injury to start through he went 20 for 30 with 163 passing yards no touchdowns two interceptions and just as a side note by the way I know some of you again thought you didn't like the way Cristobal managed the final possession of regulation. That you thought, oh, take a couple shots downfield, try to kick a field goal, don't settle for overtime. Miami took a kneel down instead, uh, and Cristobal did address that. And I agree with him on this one. Okay, he says, hey, the ball is at our twenty-five with twenty-five seconds left in the game, and our passing game was completely off. It took about everything we had to get to the game, to get the game to where it was tied. We had a big stop. So let's take it to overtime and ride our best players. And it it worked out. Miami's two and zero in overtime these last couple of weeks, and they got this overtime dub behind heroics from Mark Fletcher, unbelievable blocking from Javion Cohen in your offensive line. Uh, and obviously your kicker Bory Gallus was clutch during that game. We'll talk more about him. We'll talk a lot about him on this episode, my friends. I'm telling you that. Uh so all right, something else on Van Dyke. This is unbelievable work by Matt Shodell at Kane Sport, who outlines how great things were for Van Dyke early in the season and how things have turned since then. Uh, he mentions, just to put that in a full season perspective of 12 games, if you project these numbers over 12 games, in his first four games, that would convert to a school record 33 touchdown passes with three interceptions. His last three outings would convert to a full season of 20 touchdown passes and a ridiculous 28 interceptions. That's how bad it is just on a small scale, he says. Uh, What you will see, he writes, in every one of his seven interceptions and almost eight the last three games is that Van Dyke isn't hurried on any of them. In each of them, he has at most four rushing without a blitz as the defense settles into coverage. And he usually has an outlet wide open that he either doesn't see or doesn't throw to. And that ties into what Cristobal said about teams and coverage more than they expected. Um, Van Dyke has some self-awareness on this. Now, it's one thing to be self-aware. It's another thing to actually fix the issues because he did talk about this after the game was interviewed by Don Bailey Jr. in the locker room. And he said, you know, listen, sometimes I'm trying to force it. You've got to take the check down. Teams are are basically daring him to throw in coverage, right? Because they know Van Dyke loves to attack down the field. They know he loves to look for number seven. So sometimes you put an extra defender on him, and he doesn't always settle for the actual sure completions uh, in the checkdown form. I mean, we all we all saw the photograph of you know the interception that he threw, the first one intended for Restrepo, which you know had it not been underthrown. Maybe it would have been a big completion or a touchdown, but you did have other players wide open on that play, and Van Dyke didn't look for those guys. And so to me, it's like I'm hoping fixing this thing isn't rocket science, right? You need to drill it into his mind that forcing throws, especially – I'm not blaming the injuries, but especially when your hand and your leg are not 100% and you may not be able to get the sort of spin and torque on the football as you'd like to get, forcing throws ain't it, Okay. And that's what I'm wondering if he can adjust and fix, because we've seen it. We know Tyler Van Dyke is supremely talented. He's not consistent. That's been the problem. But his his highs are so high, and unfortunately the lows the last three games have been so low. Uh, and I'm going to give you guys, when we come back, my top five takeaways from this win over Virginia this past weekend. And by the way, let's let's appreciate the fact that Miami is – Bowl eligible. Not that that was the ultimate goal this year. I, I I'm not like settling for six wins or anything like that. But five wins last year. You already have six wins through your first eight games. I am thankful for that. I'm going to give you my top five takeaways from the Virginia game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be answering you guys' questions as well. And you know, most of your questions are about Van Dyke and Shannon Dawson. We do sprinkle in some other questions you guys have been asking us. So this is going to be a really really fun show. And guys, um. I am pleased that so many of the young players on this roster are showing you signs that they can change the team culture and that if you can keep recruiting, if Mario can keep recruiting the way that he's done these last couple of cycles, that better times are ahead in Miami Hurricanes football. So you know what you want to do? You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. It is time now for our Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Our game changer of the week is Andy Borgallis. <laughs> and I am I am positively giddy that we can finally give this to a kicker. You want to talk about clutch? 47-yard kick, boom. 48-yard kick, no problem. 50-yard kick, that would have been good from 60. Much like Andy Borgallis, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Athletic Brewing Company, uh, they brew non-alcoholic beers that win awards. They beat full-strength beers in global competitions. They're great tasting. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. And Athletic Brewing is fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere. No hangovers ever, which is really nice. Uh, First-time customers, go to athleticbrewing.com, and you can Use code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON, all one word, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. And we are also brought to you by the great folks at eBay Motors. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And by the way, for all that we said about Tyler Van Dyke in the passing game, I know some of you are thinking, Dono, do we stick with TVD for the rest of the season? You didn't tell us. Do you want to make the switch to Emory? Believe me, we'll get to that because a lot of questions came in on that. But first, I want to give you my five biggest takeaways from Miami's 29-26 win against Virginia in overtime this past weekend. Takeaway number one, it's very clear that true freshmen and transfers are helping change this culture and improve this team not exclusively of course because cam kitchens james williams they were here before mario these guys were awesome this past week but a lot of freshmen and transfers guys are making a difference ruben bain true freshman he had another two sacks in this game Branson dean a transfer another defensive lineman had two sacks of his own helped change this game coming back from injury mark fletcher scores the game winning touchdown he comes back from a four-week injury and by the way I thought this was a really fun factoid from the game. I'm so glad it played out this way. Okay. So another thing that Cristobal revealed when he was on the Joe Rose show this morning was, and Miami doesn't mess around with this stuff. They're very careful with injuries. So Mark Fletcher, he'd missed uh, the last four weeks, right? They cleared him to return the medical staff, but they had him on a very strict rep count and they were not going to go even one snap over the rep count that they had Fletcher on. The touchdown that he scored in overtime happened to be the final rep available to him, and Cristobal didn't say it explicitly, but he strongly implied that had Fletcher not scored on that run, we still would not have seen him carry, and maybe maybe it all would have worked out because A.J. Allen might have come in and scored a touchdown or, you know, Brashard Smith or something, but Fletcher happened to score the TD on the final rep that was available on his snap count coming off of injury. I thought that was a really cool story that he told, right? How's that for clutch? Another true freshman, Jaden Wayne had an impact on this game transfer running back. AJ Allen scores. One of the nicest touchdowns of the season with that hurdle and he kept his balance. That was incredible. Transfers Javion Cohen, the guard and Cam McCormick, the tight end helped block on that final touchdown play. They were tremendous. So yeah, Freshmen and transfers are really helping turn this team's fortunes around. Takeaway number two, we did already crown this man game changer of the week, but come on, Andy Borgallis, the kicker, he deserves more praise. Sometimes fans just don't give enough love to the kicker because if he misses even one of those three attempts, Miami loses the game. But Borgallis was clutch and perfect from 47 yards, 48 yards, and 50 yards. And Mario Cristobal said that they're they're almost at a point where they would trust him to hit a 60 yarder if needed. And what an advantage that is, like, because usually if if you're in the neighborhood of a 60 yard kick, you're probably either going to punt or you're going to go for it on fourth down, depending on the distance. Right. In Miami's case. No, we've got automatic Andy. This guy could probably hit a 60 yarder. He was doing that pretty consistently in warm ups before the game grows a candidate his older brother one that grows at Miami let's hope Andy can keep that family tradition going and are there any more of these guys are there any more Borigali? I don't think they have another brother they have do they have a cousin do they have like an uncle with some eligibility maybe uh, maybe they got someone in the family that that didn't play college ball that can come in and kick for us let's find some more Boregali pronto Uh, my third takeaway Yes, Miami's safety duo, they lived up to that hype in this game. James Williams was all over the field. He led the team in tackles. Cam Kinchins, he had a pick six. Just like every one of the Boregalis kicks, if Cam Kinchins doesn't get that pick and the touchdown, Miami doesn't win that game. You don't win that game without that play, and you can count on Cam to make game-changing plays like that. Takeaway number four. Yes, the offense, they've slowed down since conference play began, specifically the passing offense. And I've noticed something here that fans can't seem to decide whether to put most of the blame on Tyler Van Dyke, on Shannon Dawson, or on Mario Cristobal, right? Is is Shannon Dawson, is he failing to adjust? Has he been figured out by opposing defensive coordinators? Is Mario Cristobal now micromanaging the offense and and enforcing Dawson to go conservative? Is it just your quarterback struggling and making the coaches look bad? These have been some of the big questions that people have been asking. Um I I know people have this conspiracy theory. The Oregon fans will be like, You see that? That's Mario. He's he's handcuffing his OC. Uh, I I don't know if I believe that. I, I think to me it comes down more to personnel. I don't I don't really feel like Dawson or or Mario have like intentionally changed the identity. Honestly, guys, if anything, um, if you want to make your identity more of a power running team, maybe you should go a little bit even deeper into that trench, right? Cut down on some of these interceptions, let your physical offensive line wear opponents down during the game. Miami does have some injuries in the running back room, but if you can get that room a little bit healthier again, uh, you know, you can keep fresh legs on the field. Just based on the way the quarterback play has been, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing if Miami kind of, you know, leans into the power running thing a little bit more. Obviously, you know, you're going to have to make some big throws like you're not just going to beat Florida State with three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, you're going to have to hit some big plays down the field. But I mean, listen, man, if uh, if if that's the identity of your personnel with this offensive line, maybe you lean into that even more than you have. OK, takeaway number five. Yes, six wins is not the goal but let's appreciate how far this team has come, okay? And let's not forget, now I know that, hey, if, ands, or buts, but if Miami had just taken a kneel down or if the officials had properly called a non-fumble, if either of those things had happened in the Georgia Tech game, you'd be 7-1 and right now. So let's appreciate the process, all right? Uh, I don't want to sound like Joel Embiid, but l- l- let's appreciate how far this team has already come from a five and seven year last year. All right. And uh, and and one more thing before we start taking you guys' questions, because I hadn't covered this yet on the show. Uh, Cristobal did confirm this on Saturday, and I'm so sorry to hear this, that Akeem Mesidor is out for the year. We're not going to see the defensive lineman back this season. Uh, he does still, I believe, have one year of eligibility left. So, you know selfishly I hope he chooses to uh to return for another season and hopefully dominate in the trenches next year with the Canes but Akeem Mesidor's year is done which made it even more important that Branson Dean was able to come back from injury and play so well this past week because yeah Miami's had injury troubles on the defensive line we already knew Nigel Lee Kelly is out for the season you've got injury issues on the defensive line you've had some injuries in your running back room and you know, obviously quarterback we've had Tyler Van Dyke banged up but You know, I'm so sorry to hear about Akeem Mesidor. And folks, um, I want to remind you that we have dedicated this entire week of shows to our great friend who we lost over the weekend. um, Just... Honestly, um, you know our, our YouTube live chats, social media. It is not the same without War Beast. Um, if you've ever been in one of our YouTube live chats, you've probably had a very friendly conversation because he's one of the one of the nicest people I've encountered on the internet. With War Beast, his real name Otto Liller, and he was a retired brigadier general, real, uh, real American hero. Our friend Chalupa Batman called him Captain America. He just, uh, he passed away suddenly of a heart attack, 51 years old in great health. Oh, hug your, hug your wife, hug your kids, hug your, everybody who's close to you. Um, you don't, you don't know when it's going to be their last breath, their last minute. Life is so fragile. So we are, we are dedicating this week of shows to Otto. Otto K. Liller. may he rest in peace. I'm thinking about you all week long, and I'm thinking about your friends and family. All right, my friends, we'll take your questions when we come back. We're not done yet. Keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. And this football season, I hope you're keeping it locked to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Yes, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's so simple to play on Prize Picks. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And they have the amazing Prize Picks reboot policy. Your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to on lockedoncollege and use our code "LockedOnCollege" all one word for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. PrizePix truly is daily fantasy sports made easy. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. If you want to take your everyday experience to the next level, sign up for our Locked On Canes Insiders text message group. Click the link in the show description below. Try it free for 14 days. If you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. One-on-one questions. You get texts directly from my phone to yours. Breaking news, recruiting updates. When you guys send us questions, we answer them on the show sometimes like we're about to do. So sign up for Locked on Canes Insiders. Uh, we get a question from Steven C. who says, uh, hey, have you ever seen a team uh, like UVA with no penalties in a game. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I saw it in an ACC game. Um, I just saw it a little over a week ago in the NFL. Miami Dolphins played the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles were called for zero penalties. I can't remember the last time I'd seen that. And then it happened with Virginia. Uh, that was that, that. was just weird officiating. because Miami was only called for two penalties. That referee's like, I, I don't feel like blowing the whistle today. Now, or throwing the flag or whatever. But there, there should have been at least one Virginia penalty because Tyler Van Dyke's face mask was grabbed and they, they chose not to call it or they chose not to see it. But it, I don't know the last time that's happened, uh, especially when I watch games that Miami is involved in. There's usually a lot of penalties. Get a question from Victor. Hey Dono, what's your opinion on what's going on with Tyler Van Dyke? I know he's injured, so I give him a pass on bad throws, but it seems like his decision making has been off and getting worse. Uh, yes, throwing throwing into coverage. Um, if anything, he w- w- with his uh, with his finger issue that may be affecting his zip, he may unfortunately not be realizing some of his limitations in trying to thread some of these needles. I think Van Dyke has to be a little bit more patient and a little bit more conservative with some of his throws from Todd B who says it seems like Tyler Van Dyke has no confidence anymore seems like he focuses on one receiver and is easily picked off also he ran some early uh, he ran some early in the season now nothing who's left just emery do we need a portal transfer since jb seems gone he says help <laughs> the last word of his message was help oh man um uh, you know, we we already talked about, I think, what the issue is, and I hope it's fixable. I hope it is for Van Dyke. Um, as far as, like, why he's not running, I think that's pretty easily explained when he's wearing a knee brace and he's clearly hobbled. So that, you know, that, that takes that aspect away from his game because you're right, he did have some big runs early on in the season. Um, as far as who's left, uh, man, I... I wish we could see some Jakari Brown. Um, I I'm a big fan of Jakari. He's dangerous. I know he has his limitations as a passer, but he's really really dangerous runner and he's dynamic. Um, you know, just based on the way things have played out to this point, I don't expect to see him this season. It seems like they're fully committed to his red shirt, and I think he's working behind the scenes on how to become a more complete passer. So Emory Williams seems to be the guy. Now he is. He's one snap away from burning his red shirt. Didn't play this past week, but if Tyler Van Dyke hadn't been able to go, if they had decided in warmups TBD's not not right, Emory would have started so he would have burned the red shirt this past week. So it seems like he's he's clearly next man up right now. Um Kyle H says has Shannon Dawson lost the playbook from the AM game? Get fast players the ball in open space and let them work. Uh yo, know, that would suck if he did lose the playbook. <laughs> If he like, I hope it didn't like fall into Jimbo Fisher's hand or not Jimbo Fisher into into Mike Norvell's hands. Fro, we did face Jimbo already this season, but no, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that when uh, the, the when your when your quarterback is off, I think it can really it can really affect the entire offense. Uh, but yeah, would I like to see some more innovation from Shannon Dawson? Let's see what he can do this week. All right, we get one from Alex. Love your name, Alex. Who says, hey, in your opinion? What quarterback gives Miami the best chance to win right now? That's the million-dollar question. That's what people have been asking me, right? Like, after after this past weekend, I get a lot of comments like, wait, didn't you say this guy gives us the best chance to win? You were wrong about that, bro. Okay, so you asked me, which quarterback gives Miami the best chance to win right now? You may not have intended it to be, but this is a trick question. The answer is Tyler Van Dyke, but there's an asterisk next to that answer because Tyler Van Dyke gives you the best chance to win, but only if he can cut down on his mistakes. You hear me? And I that's got to be a dilemma for the coaching staff as well. It's like, okay, I I know this guy, you know, with his experience is our best option, but why does he keep shooting himself and shooting us in the foot? Is what they've got to be thinking. And you know, why, in theory, with the asterisk is Van Dyke the guy. He's got four years of experience. He's got rapport going back multiple seasons with most of his teammates. He's got enough collegiate starts that in theory, he shouldn't be overly confused by any defense that he faces. These are all luxuries that Emory Williams does not have because Emory Williams is a true freshman. You know, he would, if, if he plays more, uh, he would likely, as he was against Clemson, be used as a game manager at this point because he's got virtually zero experience got a lot of talent and a lot of upside but experience means something in this game folks anytime you start emory you run the risk of a true freshman costing you a game due to normal rookie mistakes stuff that any freshman would go through okay so i'm sure in the mind of miami's coaches if you're in situations in a game where you know you have a must convert third and ten or fourth and ten with the game on the line that Van Dyke would be the guy you want making that throw, in theory, that that would give you a better chance to convert and win, okay? I think that's one of the reasons why Miami didn't pull Tyler out of the game this past Saturday. Another reason being that if you pull him, you really need to stick with Williams for the rest of the season because it's not fair to either quarterback to start playing musical chairs. So I think coaches made the right call letting Van Dyke finish that game. Uh, However, if Van Dyke keeps forcing balls and throwing interceptions, you might as well go with the rookie if this keeps going on. So I hope it doesn't. OK, um, I hope it doesn't, because, again, Van Dyke, to me, still the guy that if he can figure this stuff out, gives Miami the best chance to win. And I will stand by that. I will stand by that because you'd likely have growing pains and you still have important games against tough defenses to come. Emory Williams would likely give you growing pains. Uh, now I guess the upside there, if for whatever reason they do have to make the switch, then you give Emery more experience heading into next season where he could end up being the starting quarterback. I will also say though, that, you know, this coming off season would not surprise me if Miami dips into the transfer portal to try to get a veteran quarterback. So I'm getting ahead of myself, we'll see how that all plays out. Guys, we're going to be talking a lot this week about NC state, NC state they just beat clemson okay um miami has to go on the road to their house this week it's going to be a hostile environment luckily miami's got a great defense and defenses travel well in this uh, in this sport so we'll talk a lot about it throughout the week if you want to support the show hit the thumbs up button like button subscribe subscribe on all the audio platforms apple Podcasts, spotify google wherever you get your pods and again we are dedicating this entire week of shows to Brigadier General Otto K. Liller. Take it from us way too soon. Rest in peace, War Beast. We will talk to you guys later on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.